You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Ah, what a difference one week makes in the weather. Um, still snow on the ground, but hey, it didn't, I don't think there was a second blizzard. <laughs> I was, I, you're right. There isn't more snow, but I'm thinking what changed? It's still freezing, but you're right. I forgot that we had a blizzard last week. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean a massive once in a lifetime right, blizzard. <laughs> right. Here I'm thinking, I'm like, well, it's still frigid and, uh, yeah, but it's true. You're T- right. Yes, you're right. Temperature wise, it's still pretty cold. But, but hey, okay. there's less, I mean, there's still snow on the ground, but it's not snowing like mad every day. You know what I hate though? And I'm going to be a little nitpicky. It's almost better to have a blizzard because now we've had a thaw plus a refreeze. So it's ice everywhere. Mm, I hate this yeah. in-between icy time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think most people would agree with you. I just want so. spring. Well, it's it's one of those weird things where I would always think, that the absolute best like movie watching weather would be, oh, it's terrible outside. You have nowhere to go. So just stay in and watch a movie. But nothing interesting generally gets released in January and February. And it, it just becomes this kind of weird dead period for Hollywood, at it's least little, like in terms of that. We're in limbo. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, we talked about this before, how we get to catch up now on all the movies we think will be in the Oscars, which are all 2021 movies. They're all movies that were released in the fall or in December, and we can kind of catch up on them. But new releases don't exactly come here. This has been known as an area where you just like, eh, just like put things because we don't, uh, we don't think it's going to do well. So we'll put it in January, February. But this is, to me, this is where I want to watch something new and interesting and, you know, watch something. There isn't even good stuff on Netflix right now. I know. It's just... I know I sound it's, really it's whiny, like, but <laughs> well, it's true. But this is a movie show, <laughs> so what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the entertainment that we don't have, um, because that's what we that's what we do. Now, the the good thing about um, being in Kingston is through January, February, and March, we get two film festivals yes. that happen. So that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, there's nothing really. I think it's timed very well, you know, like mm-hmm. the Kingston Canadian Film Festival and Real Out happen kind of like at the beginning of february and like mid early march before the like big march releases at like march break and then more movies come out so i think that was very um very smartly timed by by the creators of those festivals way back when because it's there's not much going on and they kind of become the only game in town canada is bleak in the winter let us have film festivals. That's what <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's yeah. it's very clear. Um, so yeah, this is um, this is kind of going to be a, an interesting episode because I did a chat last week with the cast from a film called Stupid for You that is actually opening the Real Out Film Festival this Wednesday. So you can get the full chat. It's like an after show Q&A. It was supposed to be in person, but COVID. 
Um, so it's all digital. <laughs> it's all online. So after they, you stream had, that movie, how'd you do that, Mike? Like, were you oh over like, Zoom? Zoom so, zoomed. Yeah. So what? How it was interesting. I mean, so we we all connected on Zoom, and it was myself and four of the cast and creative. Like the the director also starred in it, and it was like it's like this cool like parent son movie thing where they like they worked on it together and like you know her her child's like best friend from like forever is in the film but then also they held open auditions and have just like actors from all over like canada in it um so like one of the actors she's from vancouver and she like came down and did the movie so it's like this cool mix of like this independent film but also like it was like oh all these people we know and then we also met a bunch of people while filming and the entire thing was filmed over, like throughout COVID, like in chunks because COVID hit when they were trying to film this movie. So it's very interesting, but yeah, it was all over zoom and we just screen recorded it. Um, and so you can actually watch us, you can see our faces and it's right after the film. So the film kicks off real out this Wednesday and whenever, like when I think it just goes automatically, like the film streams, like when you, when you buy your ticket, you get your link streams the film and then immediately after the q a starts just like it would in person but instead of uh i think i make this joke instead of uh audience questions you just have me (laughs) asking questions for 40 minutes and it was supposed to be 15 minutes (laughs) if we were told matt was like can it be between 15 and 20 minutes and i said sure and then we recorded it and it was 40 minutes long so did you so. just create lots of work for Matt to have to edit it down or is he? I had to edit it down. <laughs> so, so no, no. It, Matt was like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Just get me the edited copy when you have a second. I'm like, oh, dang it. So, uh, but, but it, it's still, he said not to worry about it. Like he said that the, the timing isn't, isn't that big of a deal and, and people, because the thing is, is you can pause it. Well, it's after the leave movie. Leave it whenever too, you want. Right? It's after so. the movie. So he, he was like, don't worry about it. If it's 40 minutes, it's 40 minutes. But that's, that's how like nice the conversation was. Um, yeah. A lot of cool filmmakers. It's, it's really awesome. Um, I wanted to play a, a portion of it on the show today. Um, normally we would, you know, bring in interviews and stuff, but with everyone's schedules and COVID, it's kind of hard to manage that. And I'll be completely honest. I was so worried about the recording that day and everything working and making sure the questions were good and that it went well that I forgot to ask about them coming on the show this week, Taylor. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I basically was like, well, the first 10 minutes of the interview plays like a chat that we would have on this show. So I thought, well, we'll take 10 minutes of it. We'll play it at the end of this episode. And that's your little preview of this. But I don't want to give too much away because I want people to go buy a ticket, watch Stupid For You, and watch the Q&A after. So, so maybe, maybe, that's, the, maybe that's the tease, is that mm. we can have them on later. <laughs> Exactly. You yeah, know, this is a tease. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is the tease. And, you know, the good thing about Real Out is it only opens this week. It runs until the 7th of, of February. So, you know, it kicks off this week. And then there's there's films for like, you know, what is it, like a week and a half, 10 days. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's really great festival. There's and still time. Have them on later, and there's still lots of time. But, um, but I thought. We'll probably forget again. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's been it's been a crazy couple of weeks. So I know. The good thing is the good thing is I've got a nice ten minute chunk to play at the end of this episode. It'll be a good preview for everyone because we do want to um, you know, we, we wanna pump up our film festivals, right? Kingston's got two film festivals. Some communities don't have any. 
So it's nice to kind of see that. Um, so I yeah, would say gonna... most communities don't have any. Um, I guess that's true. <laughs> in, I in feel a, like a... most most communities don't even have independent uh, movie theaters. I suppose. I suppose that's what correct. I'm saying that's is we're true. we're very lucky. <laughs> we are very lucky. Kingston. We're very lucky. Um, and yeah, we're going to be previewing that. So listen to that for the end of the episode, the final 10 minutes or so of this show, we'll preview that conversation. But again, um, definitely check out stupid for you this Wednesday kicks off the real out film festival. Um, if you want the full schedule for, for real out, um, not only again, as we said, it's, it's online. So the schedule, but also how to stream this year is on realout.com, but I do believe it's the same as last year. It's just through the same streaming service. Um, you can buy your tickets right through the Realout website. Uh, you can stream. They're very, very, very affordable tickets. Um, this is not uh, not going to break your bank. You're supporting uh, creative filmmakers. You're supporting a film festival. So definitely go in, uh, create, a, create a login that takes two seconds, and then watch some cool films. Cool. Um, We've got a couple of movies to review today as well um, in our kind of look at continual look, I would say, at streaming movies that maybe we missed in 2021. Um, or did your movie come out this year? No, my movie's kind of interesting. It came out in 2020, like did the film circuit in 2020, but wasn't distributed if that's the right word. It wasn't like shown in America until May 2021. And it's just mm. been uploaded to Netflix. Oh, okay. So that's why I tried to pick Mike teased me on social media saying I kept changing my answer. But yeah, you texted me like three different movies. Yeah, and you didn't respond to any of my texts. So that's why I just no. kept texting you. So Well, I waited until you made up your mind. <laughs> you're a busy, you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. Yes, so yeah. I'll let you off the hook. But I originally was going to watch a John Cena movie called like, oh, I forget, like Firehouse Rules or something. Something with fire in the name of it. I'll pull it up real quick. Um, It was called Playing With Fire. And I thought because it was trending on Netflix, I just, it was in the top 10 all weekend. I just assumed it was brand new. And then when I went to go watch it or like get ready to watch it, it came out in 2019. I had never heard of this movie. (laughs) Have you, Mike? No, I've never heard of it. This is a pre-pandemic movie. Yeah, never heard of it. And so I was like really struggling trying to find a movie to watch. So anyways, it was either that. And then for a little while, I was thinking I was going to watch Midnight in the Switchgrass, which is a new, um, oh, what's her name? She just got engaged to Machine Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, Megan Fox. Yeah, it's a Megan Fox movie where she plays an FBI agent looking for a murderer. I'm pretty sure that one comes out in 2021 came out in 2021 but anyways i ended up watching this mainstream movie this is a long way of me saying i picked a completely different one i also hate that it i knew the answer to that question yeah that you knew who's engaged to machine gun kelly oh yeah megan fox (laughs) there wasn't even (laughs) like that mike there wasn't even a hesitate hesitation no i just knew it i just knew it and that's this is the thing i hate the lives of celebrities and I don't care 
at all. But sometimes you accidentally read things oh, it's <laughs> that every- you don't into because it's everywhere. Mike, it's everywhere. They would make a, a great, not a great pl- not a great plan. Sorry, I got marbles in my mouth today. Um, if you know, I know we're not going to do not a great plan today, but they would be great. Like the headlines for their engagement. Did you see that they drank each other's blood? Is that what you I read? You couldn't yeah. help but reading that. <laughs> yeah, because I thought because I I did see that, and I just felt that I was like, this has got to be not like real. This is something. This is like clickbait. Or this is this is you know uh, some sort of gimmick, or it's they drink their own blood in this zombie movie that they're going to no. be in together or whatever. But no, no, they did it. And they're just trying I to just... be edgy. They're trying to be like Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton, who instead of wearing engagement rings, they wore vials of each other's blood. Like oh, so... wah wah, so nineties. <laughs> like it's not even well... original what they're doing. See, I don't even think it's just that. I think it shows how insecure they are about their relationship. Oh, yeah. That's what I think. Mike, they're Because if you're truly, if you're truly in love with someone and you're just like, this is it, this is the person, whatever, you don't have to prove it to anyone. You don't have to go around saying things. You don't have to go around. You don't have to do anything. Did you see that crazy thing about how he designed her engagement ring on purpose that it hurts if she tries to take it off? So that, to me, again, that shows insecurity. You are an insecure person like, who, who knows you can't just, hold on to someone, and there you go. They're the odd couple <laughs> like, in high school, you know, like the alternative guy that gets together with the cheerleader or whatever. They're, they will be divorced <laughs> in three to five years. <laughs> like it is, I am calling it right now. Megan Fox have, and Machine Gun Kelly will be divorced in three to five years. And then you have Travis Barker from Blink-182 with a Kardashian. And there's another kind of odd pairing that I saw recently. Was, uh, wasn't I thought isn't uh, another Kardashians with Pete Davidson now? Yes, yes. I hate that yes, I know that. That was, that was the third. <laughs> third yeah, years. believe um, me, I hate because if there's anything I don't like, I don't like the lifestyles of, of of the rich and the famous, and I'm not a fan of like lives of celebrities. But even m- deeper down in my hatred, like after that comes the Kardashians. And so the fact that I know that off the top of my head is also not good. I just, yeah, I don't. Just, uh, <laughs> you're being forced. It's yes, being shoved, this thing that I being shoved don't in your want. Because I don't care. Because the Kardashians are famous for yes. reasons that are like not great. And people have seemed to have just decided to forget about OJ Simpson. Like have just decided, no, we're not going to like worry about this. And yet, here here we are. We still have to, like, hear about the Kardashians. But, like, I just think other people take a lot more criticism. Like, other celebrities, sports people, actors, we'll just stay in actors because it just makes more sense, take more heat and criticism for things than the Kardashians do, at least from what I see. This is my take. This is my hot take on the Kardashians. They do... The same amount of stupid... Well, no. They do so much stupid stuff, Mike. Like, they get so much flack. But because they do so much stupid stuff so often, the news cycle just moves quickly. You know what I mean? Is that like, what it is? Do they I actually... Think, I've never seen them get flack. Like, I've seen, like, Paris... Oh, yeah. Like, they... Flack than the Kardashians. They do, like, like really flack. insensitive things on Instagram all the time. And they don't have to issue apologies. Like, early on in COVID, they were taking these trips and... 
Yeah, like they 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 do get slack, but I think it's just because they are so rich, they're immune to it. You know what I mean? It's like whatever, put out issue an apology statement, move on to the next controversy. That's the sense I get with the oh, Kardashians. I see. Oh, it's just, okay, so it's more the news cycle because there's so much that they do. We have to move on quickly because yeah. there's there's something else coming down the pipe. Yeah, and you know okay, now. It, now Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are engaged, so that's are the next. That's one. the newest, yeah. newest thing. If but if just, we don't move on from this topic, Taylor, I'm going to cancel our show. So <laughs> so we have to talk about something else. I'm getting like mad. I will <laughs> say I'm sure I'm sure there's many of our fans who are just as invested as I am in the train wreck that is Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. I 100% believe. I, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of people out there who are just in the, as invested. But Absolutely. for your sake, I will move on. Like we can do like we can do it, but you know my rule. We have to make it a segment. Like if we're going – like it's like the Jesse Smollett <laughs> stuff, right? Which at times got dark and it's like should we be covering this whatever. But no, we're committed. Just like the Johnny Depp stuff like and the whatever Amber Heard stuff, like all that stuff. We need to do the same thing. We can bring up Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly is what must you want, but let's come up with a fun segment, right? Like, you know, um, I don't know. I can't. We, we'll, we'll, we'll think of a pun and we'll give updates on them. I love it. That's the rule. you got to okay. come up with a segment and then we can we can do weekly Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly updates. But we have to come up with a fun name and a jingle. Yeah, a jingle. Like, we'll do a jingle. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, we could absolutely... See, now I'm excited. This is fun. This is type of like, we'll do a jingle for our Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Something that has, like, I don't know. It's so hard because his name's already Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Like, there's no... I don't know. It's hard to kind of... You think on it. Get back to me. I'm going to... I'm going to think on I'll it. I'll find I the have headlines. a couple ideas. I have a couple ideas off the top of my head, but they're not, like, they're super insensitive. So... I gotta get away yes. from the. Remember, Mike, ones. they are they are real people. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's questionable. Uh, you no know, questionable. I don't know. You know how I feel about this. Yeah, that's how exactly much, how I feel about it. And sometimes you got to think like, how much is this just fabricated publicity? Exactly. Like totally. Like yes, they're real people, but Hollywood is so fake. Mm-hmm. So and, like, they, and they're presenting fake versions of themselves all yeah. the time. So the question is, like, how much um, how much are they kind of putting and you on? Know, like, you never know. They're a product and we're a consumer. So mm-hmm. when they can, when they get, like, oh, our privacy. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know. You know, you, you're selling a product just as much as everyone else. Your life mm-hmm. has become the product, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was, you know, some, some people I don't think necessarily – always choose for that to happen. I think some people enter the business wanting to be the best actors they could be, the best performers they could be, the best models they could be, the best dancers they could be, whatever it is, best singers, rappers, whatever. And some people enter it to be famous. Um, And I think you can kind of tell. And that's what I don't like. So, you know, it's when it happens to people and it, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to be in the spotlight. Yes. Sometimes that can be tragic. And I don't think that that's right. But when you put on a show, yeah, oh, and you, it's, you are. It is a show. Mike. You're asking us to consume your your product would, and then you get mad because you were consuming it. And like, it's just, yeah, it becomes this whole thing. I would watch a reality TV show about them planning their wedding. I would not hesitate ah, Taylor. to consume that content. <laughs> oh, Taylor. I just, I don't even know. Sometimes I think I have you figured out. And I think I know exactly what you like to do movie-wise. And then suddenly 
I want to watch like Megan Fox's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you won't watch Marvel movies yet. If Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly did like some sort of like wedding reality TV show, you'd be there every episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> we could do breakdown episodes. After. Yes. We could do like post show talks. Okay. We have to move on. We do have some fan questions and we kind of have a bit of a shortened episode this week. So we got to get going. Uh, we spent far too long on this topic. Um, okay. A couple of fan questions, fan comments and stuff this week. So uh, Josh, the Inquisitor, of course, writes in and says, uh, what was it like working on a movie in year three of the pandemic restrictions? I don't know why he's asking us that. Oh, I think he thinks we were bringing on guests. <laughs> Now, yeah. Josh, I will tell you this. I did ask that question. So it is in the Q&A. And you tight. actually, yeah, so so you actually, if you watch the Q&A on Wednesday through Real Out, you will get an answer to that question. And I got to say, it's, it was a very fascinating answer. Because we've asked this question of a lot of the filmmakers we've brought on, but we've never actually had a conversation with anyone that actually had to film during the pandemic. A lot of people like paused or took breaks, or but they like. No, Mike, the kids, I should say kids, the young filmmakers we had on, they filmed during COVID in the summertime. They, yeah, in the summer. So the restrictions were like eased. Oh, this film like... was like set to film like the in, in 2020 in like March of 2020 or something. Got it. And then COVID hit, they had to stop. And then they were able to pick up in the summer. But then they had to stop again because this movie's like pretty massive. So they had to film it over like a year and a half long period right. in chunks. That's like, more what I meant. What yeah. What is it like filming in the thick of it? Mm-hmm. And they give very interesting insights to that. So cool. I did ask that question, but I'm not going to give away all of their kind of answers and talk about that because I do want people to check that out. But uh, I'm glad, Josh, you're on the same page. At least I asked a question that a fan would ask. You get. was my goal. Our listeners get our content for free. So this is the first time I think we're telling you, go buy a ticket to hear the answer. (laughs) Yeah. You want the answer? You go buy a a simple reel out ticket. Go watch Stupid For You. It's a a very, very uh, heartfelt film. Um, I watched it before doing the Q&A. It's very, very good. I really did enjoy uh, the cast, especially in the film, uh, which everyone knows is kind of, my thing right you got to have a good cast good good actors and this film definitely had that going for it so the q a is also very interesting after so go check it out um we have a couple just kind of fan comments i guess so kathy wrote in about uh archive 81 uh and kathy says uh taylor i love archive 81 uh it was so good Uh, We started to watch it on the weekend and we're already almost done. It has everything, cults, ghosts, and evil rich people. That's everything. Cults, (laughs) ghosts, evil rich people. That's it. (laughs) For Kathy Kathy and I, that is it. That's That's all you need. That's all you need. (laughs) And then you're there. Um, I haven't been hooked on a show like this since Queen's Gambit. Oh, that's an interesting comparison. Um, Both are series. You can't stop watching and then you're sad when it's over. Um, Mike and Taylor, what series have affected you that way? What's a series that we just watch? You can't help but watch it and then you're sad when it's over. Um, geez, a lot of them. Uh, well, uh, every, uh, every season of Stranger Things, 
I've really enjoyed. And I'm always sad when it's over because you kind of go, go through it. Um, you know, what's a series that I rewatch to this day and I wish I could watch it for the first time again is the newsroom. I think I brought that up. Yeah. You talk about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so, it only had three seasons and it's so good. And it was a, such an interesting show that I, I, to this day, wish I could revisit it for the first time. But in terms of more recent stuff, I would say like Stranger Things for sure. Um, some of the new, some of the like Marvel Netflix shows like Jessica Jones and Daredevil, I was really hooked on. Same kind of thing. I couldn't help but sit down and, and watch those series. I would say those are kind of the most recent ones where I felt like I have to sit down and watch every episode. I um, really, I'm trying to think of series that have like ended you know what I mean? Like that, like, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm waiting for another season. Um, I was pretty gutted when Penny Dreadful was canceled. I don't know if anyone remembers <laughs> that one. Not a lot of people yes. that I knew watched it. Um, they kind of rebooted it, but it like they've rebooted it, but now it takes place like in the 1930s, completely different cast. Um, I haven't watched any of those new episodes, but I was, like, very hooked on Penny Dreadful. Um, didn't love the last season, but what are you going to do? Um, obviously Hannibal. I haven't had, I haven't gotten a chance to talk about Hannibal for a while. That was, <laughs> that was. Well, a, Hannibal, that's, that's like, a you series. Yes. Of, like, if I've ever heard of one. I sure. devoured each season. Like, that was one of those shows where, like, season would, the season would end and you're like dying for the next season. I think in this era of streaming, we're used to having like five seasons at a time at our our fingertips. But I was watching Hannibal and Penny Dreadful in real time. So like one episode a week, you know, <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. dying over summer break for the next season. And then Hannibal was canceled when like they're clearly the story arc was like asking for a fourth season and like the fans and the showrunner all wanted a fourth season. So like that one was hard. Um, That was uh, still that waiting and not knowing, right. If your show's coming back, like that's really, that's hard for sure. I much prefer like even, so I I was a, one of the, one of the TV shows that uh, my, my mom ruined for me um, was uh, lost in space. Uh, the most recent one, because it only had three seasons and I was a little behind on it and, and got some stuff spoiled. But anyway, so um, that's a series that I, at least I preferred. They announced, hey, the third season's coming up and it's going to be the final season. I like that. I like when they say, here here's the mat roadmap. This is when it's ending. And you know, as opposed to a third season happens and it's done, which like, for example, with Stranger Things. And I'm kind of like, okay, Netflix always cancels after three Three's done. I've heard nothing. Is this coming back? Is this not coming back? Netflix, and then they're doing a fourth. So Netflix is the worst for that. Like but they just, don't advertise anything. Yeah, <laughs> they just, never tell you about anything. Just tell us if there's going to be another season. Like um, Sabrina was canceled after I think it was either the second or third season, mm-hmm. and like the writers didn't know. Like when they were writing like the final episode, they're like. I guess we have yeah. a couple scripts ready just in case. Yeah. One yeah. other series that is still going on, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is an Amazon mm-hmm. TV show. Yes. 
That one. Um, I watched that. Yeah, that's one where I watch every episode. I'm like very invested. And then, you know, you're all caught up and you have to wait the year until the new season uh, airs. And I think the new season is coming in February. So yes, that will I give me something so. to watch. Yeah. But did, did I tell you that I tried watching the new Sabrina? No. When? Okay, I did try. Um, I think it was in December or at some point in time, like a, a month or and two did ago. You just, I did, you didn't like well, it? I, it's not that I didn't like it. I just watched the first episode and was like, I, I, like, I still can't do this. She's Maybe you did tell eight. me that. Yeah. Like I, I did you're watch still, the pilot. You're still and I was weirded a little, out. Yeah. Like I was definitely like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like this is a, a bit different and I was intrigued. But when she was like making out with that random dude, I was like, I can't, no. She does look young. Like in the show, she's playing like a 16 year old, I think. Mm -hmm. And And she's like 25, as we discovered. She looks 16. And I will say that like, there is a lot of, I've talked about this on the show before, and I probably sound like such an old lady, such a prude. I find that teen shows or like, quote unquote, teen shows have so much more sex than when we were growing up, Mike. But maybe I'm just naive. No, I think you're naive because, like, I think our shows had more than you think it did, like, looking back on it. Like, my rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I did not realize yeah, how, like... Yeah, there was, there was sex in <laughs> Yeah, like, and how much? Like, you don't even, like, I was, like, as a kid, especially, I'm just like, oh, like, a hunter of vampires. Like, that's what I'm going there for. Right. Um, when you, like, when I was rewatching it, like, I was shocked. I'm like, what is happening? Like, I do not remember any of this i guess they um, were having so. sex on the oc and stuff i don't know like I, oh yeah the oc was oh yeah that was i guess well, i'm definitely. just a, a prude now when i like and i'm like also i guess it's the same thing you're ex- experiencing mike like we're older but they're still playing 16 year olds and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> like yeah and you're just like especially like i think it's also like when when you've seen the kind of child actor grow up and you have a hard time picturing them as any other age. And yes, they do look young. Like what, like teenagers look younger, the older you get, I find as well. So it, it does make it, I, I do find it like, I do find it's a little difficult to watch some of those shows and, and to get into them. Um, but yeah, re- rewatching some of the stuff we would have watched as kids, it's, it's like worse than you think Fair enough. <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. So, um, okay. We are, um, we are just flying through things here. There's one more fan question. We got it. We got to get to this one because we, we care about our fans and we got to get this one. And this is from Katie. Um, and Katie wants to know, when is your movie club coming back? I really miss the movie clubs, especially movies from a hat. I thought those were some of the funniest episodes of your podcast. When do you think you will come back to that? Um, I don't know. Sometime. Sometime. We have, um, it's a busy couple months just between the two film festivals and us getting ready for the Oscars. But I, I would think that probably we could do a movie club and we're just doing this by the seat of our pants. Like we always do. Mike's going to kill me. I'm looking at a calendar, Mike. I think we could squeeze one in, in March, maybe after the Oscars. Yeah. I would say after the Oscars, like if we're going to squeeze one in the March, like maybe we, we do our post Oscars show and then we kick off a movie club. Yeah. What and we could think? do moves from a hat. Like, that's fine. Yeah, well, I, st- I think I still... Oh, man, I wonder where those got to. You said you still had movies from no, a... I, st- I know, but I... Hmm. They're somewhere. Well, you have a couple months to find find them. <laughs> they're somewhere. I know they're somewhere. I am not redoing that. There's like 150 movies I wrote out and put in pieces of paper. Um, and I 
I, I, I found my only hat, but I was using it because it's a toque um, and in the cold. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good. I wonder where that is. Oh, Everyone cross your fingers and toes that we find <laughs> movies from a hat. And we'll find it. Like, I know it's somewhere. I know it's somewhere. They're just a lot of little pieces. Of paper. And we um, had suggested doing sort of like a maybe even like a horror version of a, a film club. Um so it will happen again, but we do have a couple of things we have to get through before we can get to a movie club. Yeah, I think that I think that's a fair promise. Once the Oscars are done, uh, we get through the next two months, we get to the Oscars, and there's usually a lull before like the summer movie season really kicks into high gear. So we'll uh, we'll do a movie club then. That sounds well, good. Um, okay, we uh, only have. A, 13, 14 minutes left um, before we do want to get to uh, the chat that I had with the cast uh, and creative team behind Stupid For You. So first, we do have two movies to, to quickly review, um, streaming choices. So Taylor, why don't you uh, talk about your movie that, if I'm mistaken, like, is that Andrew Garfield? Yes. In that movie? Okay, because <laughs> I wasn't sure from the from the photos I found. It's like, him. I think that's Andrew Garfield, but it's hard to tell. Okay, so there you go. A film starring Andrew Garfield. So there you go. That's second week in a row. I don't need too many minutes to talk about this movie. It was not great. <laughs> I did not like this movie. Um, the other lead, she is the ice cream scooper in Stranger Things. Oh, Maya Hawk? Yeah. She's the other lead. She's not like a horrible actress, but like, I don't know, like she was okay, I guess you could say. There was a Mm -hmm. third guy that I like recognized, but I couldn't put a name to him. And then, um, oh gosh. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. He's in a lot of the Wes Anderson movies. He was in Rushmore. Um, Oh, um... Why can uh, we not remember Jason Schwartz? Yes, Jason Schwartzman's in the movie. Yes. Okay. So kind of random. It um it's like a comment on like vi- being a viral celebrity, like social media culture, um you know, like YouTube life and um it's a little like heavy-handed with the things they're trying to say about social media. You're kind of like whatever, right. like <laughs> like okay, like we get it, you know what I mean? Like It, like, did give me kind of, like, Bo Burnham inside vibes, but, like, just, like, wasn't great. And uh, the best thing about it is I will say that Andrew Garfield was the best thing about the movie. Like, he was very watchable. He plays the, like, the, um, he's kind of, like, a transient person. Like, they don't really say much, like it's kind of alluded maybe he's like a street person and um Maya Hawk's character encounters him and they kind of like strike up this relationship to make like viral YouTube content but it's kind of like he's kind of vague like Andrew Garfield's character is kind of more vague yeah like you don't really know like you find out a little bit about more about him at near the end of the movie like it's one of like the it's kind of like a some of the drama hinges on his backstory, but like right, you still right. don't know like a lot about him. You don't really know Where a lot about from yeah, and, like yeah. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. It was just it was kind of corny. Like they used like a lot of like emojis on the screen. You know what I mean? Which like sometimes I don't mind. Like um, 
Zoya that I saw Zola, either Zola or Zoya, the one about the the viral story about the um, stripper that ends up like getting oh, yeah. involved in human trafficking. They yeah. did interesting things with like emojis and texts and tweets and stuff. But for this movie, it just felt like really he- heavy handed, like mm-hmm. kind of corny. Like, I don't know. Um, right. So anyways, long story short, for me, it's a skip it. I think Garfield did a, a good job. Like, he was interesting to watch. He kind of gives me Zac Efron vibes. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. Like, I think Zac... In what way? Like, what do you mean? Like, I think Zac Efron could have been in this movie. And then I thought... Oh, I see. And then I thought, oh, Andrew Garfield maybe could have played, played Ted Bundy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was Oh, you watching, could have swapped them yeah, out like, in this I was, movie? Like, I see, yeah. the, I'm like... Switch movies. I haven't seen enough of Andrew Garfield's acting, but like they do kind of give me similar vibes. Like they probably could play similar roles. Mm. Like I think, I mean, I've seen a bit more of Andrew Garfield. So I think, like, I think he's a bit of a better actor. Could Zach Efron play Spider Man? No. I put it to you. I don't know. Zach Efron now is too, like, he's too, like, muscly. He Spider Man's supposed to be like a, a like skinny little dude. Like he's not supposed to but look Andrew like he would he does have muscles. He had muscles in he, this movie. Yeah, but he does like whatever they do, I guess I guess they can they do things to make it. It's not like they don't have muscles. Like Tom Holland has muscles, but he's like Tom Holland's like tiny and yeah. petite and like Andrew Garfield's still pretty skinny. Whereas Zach Efron is like the type of muscly where he's like a big dude now. Like, so he's got, like, a big upper body. He's got massive arms. Like, it just wouldn't work for Spider-Man. He would be more of a, like, if you had Zac Efron play, like, um, I don't know, like, in terms of a superhero, someone who was supposed to be more of a bigger presence. Um, not, not like, not like a Batman, but someone to that effect of, like, he's supposed to be kind of bigger than that. Yeah, then that could kind of work. But, yeah, I don't think he could play Spider-Man. Well, like I think Spider-Man's still supposed to just be a scrawny kid. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyways, this movie, it's called, Ma- I don't know if I mentioned the name again, Mainstream, which tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the themes of the movie. But mainstream. mainstream. Okay. Um, and you're giving it a skip. Oh, yeah. It might be my first skip it of the year. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you've been pretty middle ground to slightly positive on your movies so yeah, far. But so this, far. Is, this mean, is a skip so. it. Okay, there you go. Although, to be fair, Mike, there's not a lot of Netflix right now, so <laughs> you might no, have and you might have to watch it. That was part of my kind of problem in looking at movies for the next couple of weeks. And again, that's why I'm kind of like really thankful that we've got Real Out coming up and the Kings of the Canadian Film Festival and can watch some some movies and talk to some cool people there. Because yeah, when I when I was looking, I'm like, oh, I'll review a movie quickly this week as well. The one I found, it's called How It Ends. And it was just released last year and it was clearly filmed like during the pandemic because everyone in, in the movie is staying more than six feet apart from each other. Um, but it's Wait, was this this very Netflix or Amazon. Where was this? Amazon. Amazon. Sorry, Amazon. Uh, you can get it on Amazon prime. Uh, it's called how it ends. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a movie that basically this, this woman walks around Los Angeles and is being followed around by like the child version of her. And they're talking 
two random people and a bunch of like stars make cameos in this movie as the random people she runs into. And it all takes place like there's, I guess, a meteor that may or may not be crashing to hit the earth. Um, and so Who's she walks lead? around. The lead is uh, Zoe Lister-Jones. So she was in a bunch of like TV shows. Okay. She was in a, like a couple that like failed, but then like had like, you would rec if you saw her, you would recognize right. her. Like she's a, one of those character actors who's like in a bunch of stuff. So she actually like wrote, direct and starred in the movie. Um, and it's just basically her walking around town. And like, like she runs into Fred Armisen and Nick Kroll and oh, Finn okay. Wolfhard and yeah. Olivia Wilde. And like whoever's like lives on this street in, in Los Angeles is basically what happens. And it's a comedy. And it's one of those random comedies where a lot of, it's like the last day on earth. And like, here's a bunch of random things that happen as she's like trying to like accept the end and like connect with like her, her younger self. It's a quirky, very strange movie. It's not going to be for everyone. It made me laugh in very, like at very weird times, unexpectedly. <laughs> like there were just a few random things that happened that I was like, this is, this is like hilarious. This is the funniest thing I've, I've seen in a bit. And then nothing happens for 25 minutes. And then another laugh happens. Like it's so all over the place that it's hard for me to give it a recommendation because I don't think most people will like this movie because it's very quirky. It's very strange. And frankly, I don't even know why I watched it. Because there was nothing because else I'm, to watch. Because there's nothing else to <laughs> watch. And I just thought, well, I might as well review something. Like I might as well, we're going to have the, the chat for stupid for you, but I thought, well, might as well review something as well. And it, I, it was, it was very strange. Um, I like, I don't even know, like I'm giving, I guess I'm going to give it a skip it, but it was weird that the movie at times was like very funny. And it's almost as though she had scenes written that, that like formed the movie, these like funny moments. And she tried to fill in the blanks mm. and nothing worked. Like it just, nothing was as funny as these like key moments where she runs into certain people. Like, you know, she runs into people who like are freaking out about the end of the world, people who have kind of accepted it, people who like to completely refuse to believe that it's happening. Like all these like different things that you would kind of expect to see. Um, and it's just kind of this odd character study trying to be super artsy, but super like so low budget. Like I think it was formed on like filmed on like just like a phone camera or something. Like it's just like following her around the street. Like it's very weird. Very low budget. I guess good for her for making art during the pandemic. Yeah, and like it, I think it was like a thing of of hey, I've got nothing else to do. Might here's like well. just an idea, might as well. And here's all these like cameos from people. Um but yeah, it it cuz so does, you know how you get like a little description yeah. When you're looking at a movie. And I'm pretty sure the description said something about like, it's like a feel good, heartfelt end of the world comedy. But I didn't know, like there wasn't anything to really feel good about other than they always had smiles on their faces the whole, the whole movie. Like it was very bright. Like it was, it was shot in the middle of the day <laughs> in, in this street in Los Angeles. Like it wasn't, it wasn't dark and depressing, but it was just like filmed during the day. And it was very strange. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give how it ends a skip it. I don't think it's worth watching, but if you have a really, really, really quirky sense of humor, um, it, give it a go, might, 
yeah, you might like it, I guess. Like it's it's very strange, very odd. So there you go. That's my quick review for how it ends. It was not great. <laughs> so I had a much better time watching Stupid for You than I did that movie. There so, you go. Um, if you're going to do anything this week, I recommend you go check out the Real Out Film Festival. Um, it's uh, it's the Real Out Film Festival of 2022. It kicks off this Wednesday. It runs from January, um, basically from the 27th of January to, to February 7th. Um, everything you can get online. Go to realout.com. It'll take you right. Um, if you just click on kind of the main page there, it'll take you right to the streaming method. Everything is streamed online because unfortunately with the pandemic and everything kind of going on in Ontario, it was easier for them to say, let's just go digital again this year. They did it last year. It worked last year. Let's just, uh, let's just do it again. So um, it was, uh, it was really uh, a pleasure to, to sit down and chat um, with the cast for Stupid For You. So I'm going to step aside and let that conversation go. This is the cast and creative team from Stupid For You um, that debuts and kicks off the reel out. Congratulations to, to all four of you and everyone else who worked on the show who couldn't be here. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. I know I'm speaking for, for Matt Salton at Reel Out and for everyone. We wish we could be in person. Uh, yes. at, a, at a movie theater and talking about this with all of you. But thank you to all four of you for being here. Uh, we, we really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, Mike. That was beautiful. I'm, I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> it was a great movie. I, hold the tears because we got a lot to go through. So <laughs> we're going to go through. Um, so for those of you just joining us, because this is the first kind of a, a day of real out. So we're kind of kicking this off. How these Q&As will work is I'm just going to moderate and go through a lot of questions, but you're going to hear from the people you want to hear, uh, these four talented people here, a little bit about the experience, a little bit about the film, and we'll just kind of see where the conversation's going. Again, in an ideal world, we'd be taking so many questions from audience members, but you're stuck with me. Um, so I'll do what I can to, and we'll have some fun today. Um, I just want to start things off by maybe just going through and everyone introducing themselves. Like Jude, if we want to start with you, just sure. introduce yourself again, just remind people what you did on the film um, and sure. we'll just start there. All right. Uh, I'm Jude Clausen. Uh, I'm the writer, director, uh, songwriter. Extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, and I play Danny. Um, hey, I can afford me. So um, yeah, I, uh, so Stupid For You is, uh, it was a real passion project um, that I obviously worked on with my son, Mikhail, um, and he had a lot of, um, he con contributed greatly to it, as did uh, Mia, um, Kaylin as well. I, I didn't meet Kaylin until the audition process, but we totally loved her like right away. That's Eden. She's amazing. And she really bonded with these guys. Um, so yeah, uh, Mia's uh, Mia and Mikhail grew up together and I used to do comedy with Mia's mom, Robin. Oh. And uh, so they they were part of our sketches, sort of watching us embarrassed in the background as we interviewed people in the neighborhood. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mia was a real inspiration for the character of Stevie. Like I literally, you know, was jotting down things when, when we were around the table. Um, but I can get back to that. I was just supposed to be introducing myself. <laughs> That's okay. No, this is good. Go wherever you want to. There's no rules All right. here. Thank you. I'm, I'm an improv woman from uh, way it. back. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I should let everyone introduce themselves and we can get back to the process or whatever else you want to ask. 
Sure, sounds good. Um, and uh, Mikhail, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, so I'm Mikhail Clausen K. Uh, I played Cat in Stupid for You, and I have some songwriting credits. Um, that's that is me. <laughs> you were excellent, I, by the way. Excellent job. Thank you. Excellent songs. We'll get to the songs later because I have a bunch of questions about those. But you were excellent in the film. It was it was a fantastic performance. Thanks. Mia, do you want to go next? Sure. Thank you, Kaylin. Um, my name is Mia Rudna. Uh, I play Stevie, which is like cats, but you've seen it. You've. I realize I'm explaining something you've just seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was, yeah. No, I play Stevie, cat's uh, best friend in the movie. And yeah, no, it was so much fun filming. And yeah, I love it. I love like the crew and everyone. Uh, Kaylin? Yeah, hi everyone, I'm Kaylin Turner and I play the role of Eden, um, our favorite antagonist. Slash. <laughs> I guess that's up for you guys to decide. Yeah, that's me. Glorious antagonist. Yeah, <laughs> antagonist. And Regina George. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got some of those vibes there. But again, it's like, just like Regina, I was like, when you said antagonist, I'm like, well, like a little bit, but like, you know, Eden's doing her thing. Like, I mean, what can you... Like a spicy character. Yeah, exactly. And that must, that, that, that's got to be a lot of fun to play like a character mm -hmm. like that as well, right? Like you can tell, I mean, I think it came off very clearly that everyone really cared about the story but also was having like a lot of fun uh, on set like it must have been such a, a cool atmosphere but to play like a character like that like maybe we can start there I know I gave you all a list of questions I'm already going off topic but it just <laughs> because we're talking character we're here <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's talk it. about like in terms of Eden like was that a lot of fun for you to play that type of character have you had experience like doing kind of that type of stuff before um, yeah, in terms of experience, I've been within the acting industry for about four years professionally now, um, and I actually started in Kingston, so this is kind of a great full yeah, circle yeah. moment for me. I went to a arts high school, um, an arts middle school in Kingston, and I participated in a lot of musical theatre when I was younger in Kingston as well. Um, in terms of character, I've been a part of a few um, different films and student films and just like small indie films and stuff for a while now. Um, I seem to, I don't know if it's typecasting or something, but I'm always <laughs> a little bit evil in everything. I don't know what's mm. giving off those vibes. Maybe I need to like check that out, but um, <laughs> I love playing characters like that. I just feel like they have so much nuance and interest to them and there's so much depth. And it's always like, you're pretending to be one thing, you have some other stuff kind of bubbling behind. I love that kind of fuel and being able to play those characters. Well, maybe that's it, though. I mean, I, I maybe, Jude, you can speak to the casting process. But in terms of that, like, I know back when the long time ago when I was casting, if someone really loves playing a certain type of character, that comes through more so than typecasting. So maybe that's it. Maybe you're just so good at it because you love it. So people are like, wow, we need someone evil. And there you go. <laughs> but uh, maybe we want to talk about that, like, Jude, about the casting process. Like, I know you mentioned, like, uh, Mia and Mikkel knew each other for a long time, but how did, like, how did you find, you know, the other pieces to this puzzle? So yeah, Mia actually had to audition because it wasn't just like, I want Mia as Stevie. Mm. Um, the Butler brothers, uh, obviously our producers um, had big say, like it was uh, all three of us had to agree on everyone. Um, and so Mia came in and blew the doors off the room with, <laughs> I mean, her Stevie, like we were crying. 
when she did we we shot the fine or not shot sorry we auditioned with the final scene where um it was a lot wordier originally <laughs> we were running out of light what can I say we were running out of time at that location but it, it actually a lot of things obviously got edited but um so that was the casting of Mia she Mia was who I had in my head from the start and I'm just like Mia 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 and um so she landed the role she did that by herself um she was amazing she really threw herself into it the audition um and Kaylin uh just walked in we had been Eden 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 it was just like no not right not right and it was like chemistry with Mikhail as well is super important right so Kaylin walks in the sweetest woman in the world like yeah you know, when she's not playing a, a nasty <laughs> character just like the kindest most down-to-earth person um you wouldn't know what to look at her she's a, like supermodel but um no sorry edit that out um so <laughs> Kaylin <laughs> auditioned with Mikhail and um, I knew right away. I was just like, okay, I'm happy. <laughs> Let's just go with Kaylin. And then we did callbacks in our living room um, here where we shot a lot of this uh, film. And uh, Kaylin came in and Mia. And so we had cast Mia at this point as Stevie. So we wanted to get a chemistry read on Mia, Mikhail, and Kaylin as, you know, the three pillars of the film. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they just really hit it off. And then we ran this scene that didn't actually end up making it into the film where Kaylin was super evil and Stevie was hilarious. And it was just like, oh my God, they just, they were so great. And then I got, I got my way because they were amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, Brett and Jay knew Kaylin from another film. So they were actually, they, they get credit with introducing me to her, so. But yeah, we were really fortunate, like with the casting, uh, especially the three teens, um, just so dynamic, all of them, and so different from each other, and such fashion icons. <laughs> what can I say? Brilliantly yeah. talented, wonderful, and wonderful to work with. Yeah. All you directors out there who are looking for people. There you go. You got three right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a casting. Um, so, okay. So we'll get back to my list of questions. So we get, we get sort of some track. Yeah. Order. So I just, I kind of want to just hear about everyone's kind of journey to stupid for you. Like I, I'm always fascinated by where everyone came from, what they've worked on before and kind of how they got involved in the project. So we've alluded to some of that here, but maybe we can just go around and, and talk about your experiences. So two kind of questions. What, what have you done leading up to stupid for you? Is this your first feature? Have, do you all have experience doing other things? and kind of what what brought you to this project whether that be personal connections or auditions go stream some movies thank you for listening to the screening in kingston podcast recorded at cfrc at queen's university in kingston ontario queen's university sits on the traditional lands of the hananoshabi and anashabi peoples we would like to thank the faculty of engineering and applied sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.